Lord, uh, just thank you so much, Lord, for Band of Brothers, that we could just get up here from the hustle and the bustle of our business lives, Lord, and that we could just come and just solely focus on you, Lord. Just pray you, uh, you guide our discussion, Lord, quiet time. We know, Lord, it's been a burden on my heart uh, to just get closer to you that way. So just pray you, um, you lead the discussions, Lord, and um, put your hands upon us today. Amen. Okay. I have about uh, eight verses here that I did some research on here. So I'm going to kind of delegate it here. If I can have some volunteers kind of pick these verses up. Uh, the first one is uh, Luke 6, 12 through 13. Okay, good. Okay. Um, next one is uh, Luke 22, 39 and 46. Okay. Okay. The next one is Hebrews 5, 11 to 14. Yeah. Okay. The next one is Romans 15, 13. Okay. Uh, next one is Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Okay. Uh, the next one is Romans 12, 1 to 2. I'll do it. Okay. Some of these verses you guys will probably already have memorized, but it's good to kind of reinforce it. Second Timothy uh, four six to eight. Okay. And uh, Matthew six thirty three to thirty four. Okay. Um, I'll take that. So um, a quiet time, you know. I guess kind of a show of hands. How many of you guys are? You know, one of the big struggles that I had is understanding what a quiet time was, you know, it takes on a whole different meaning for everybody, but just kind of show of hands, how many of you guys are currently uh, have a quiet time that you are consistent with day in and day out? Okay. I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And, um, you know, one of the, the big issues that I come across is just staying motivated. You know, I mean, you can kind of interact here. I mean, what, why do we fall short in this area? I mean, what? How do we come into these uh, inconsistent patterns? Why don't we do this? Can you guys give me some feedback on that? I know for me, if, if, what happens to me if I don't force the issue? The day starts. I'm into the day, and it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's like if I don't get up in the morning and immediately do something, I'll, I'll get on the computer, and that's it. I've lost it. You know, I'm into the day and. I've missed my time, and the day is definitely different. Um, and and I'm only relatively new into this Christian stuff. Sure, sure. Um, taking that time really makes a difference, and it really uh, confuses me as to why I don't make a point of it when I know it's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And my, that's probably my problem is I I don't do it because I probably don't believe it's going to make that big of a difference. And that's why I'm not consistent. That's the only reason I can come up with. Yeah. If I truly, truly believed it, I'd be in it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my big issues is, you know, I'll pray to have the urgency the night before, but when that alarm clock goes off, it's the first thing from my mind. You know, <laughs> it's tough. You know, it's so tempting to stay in bed or to start getting in the, in the mode about work, thinking about deals, thinking about, I got to do this, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get in a bad habit where like, yeah, I can just put that off. I can worry about that later on. I'll do it when I get back, you know, from work or later in the day or before I go to bed. And before I know it, the day's gone yep. and it's over with. And you look back and you're thinking, you know, where did this day go? You know, what, how am I growing in this walk? So, and I think the big issue is if we understand where the where the motivation is, how we can stay motivated. Um, you know, we're we're motivated in the direction of our hope. So if we kind of identify some key verses that we can hone in on, that will maybe just spark an interest, to get us kind of excited and motivated to do this. Uh, maybe that will supersede those uh, inconsistencies that will take priority. That when you wake up in the morning. Uh, you're thinking these verses that will get you motivated to, hey, I got to get this done. You know, my I can't survive my day without having this done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you can open your Bibles to uh, to Luke six twelve to thirteen. 
Who has that verse? Okay, but, uh, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also named as apostles. So Craig, in reading, reading that, what's your observation on that verse? What do you see happening there? It's an exa- I mean, obviously, Jesus himself sets the example. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's obviously getting ready to make some big decisions. Mm-hmm. And so prior to doing that, he's spending the time that he feels necessary to, uh, uh, you know, pray to his father. I mean, it doesn't talk too much about what he prays for, but the fact that uh, what he's about to go into and he's spending that much time praying, I mean, I yeah. think he can make some safe uh, uh, assumptions. Yeah, if you think about reading that verse, uh, think about the decision that he's going to make. You know, he's choosing, choosing his 12 disciples, the men that are going to carry out his commission in this world the key guys that are going to be reliable, that he's going to depend on to spread Christianity throughout the world. I mean, if you think about the big picture here, that's a major decision. And the fact that he's spending an entire night of prayer prior to making that decision goes to show you his motivation to, to really focus in on God and make sure that he's in tune with the Spirit when he's making that decision. Um, you know, my observation to that is, you know, with the major decisions in our lives, we have to be in the Word. We have to be close to God. Uh, we need to have that close fellowship if we want to carry out the commission in our own lives. Um, you know, without a quiet time and being in tune with the Spirit, you know, it's a dangerous ground to be in. You know, Lord, it, your will, not mine. Is it your perfect will or is it your per- permissive will? You know, is this what you would have me do is this in your best interest the only way you're going to know that is through a quiet time you know being in the word and you know you know, being in prayer trying to be um, in tune with with God especially when it comes to those major decisions in life you know it just can't happen overnight you have to have that continual process of, of growing and stretching and being in the word and uh, developing that fellowship with Christ um and when you come to those points where you're making major decisions in, in your life, um, you know, it's going to be, you're hoping by faith that you're going to be led by the Spirit in making those decisions. So, that's the key motivation that I drew on from that verse. Uh, the next verse, uh, Luke 22, 39 to 46. I've got that. I've got that. Okay. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Yeah, it's an amazing verse. Yeah. Um, Greg, in reading that, I mean, what is the context of that verse? I, it's this is going back to what Craig and you were saying. I mean, here here he is praying now. Now he's just about to. He's going in to do the. This is the mission. This is why he's here, mm-hmm. and praying about that, and uh, um, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's facing pretty big temptation in that verse, and uh, he's got a choice to make. Yeah, he does. He does. Seems like he's setting up to a direct relationship between how much you pray and how much temptation you experience. Yeah, that's that, a good observation. That he's mm-hmm. saying to his disciples, "Pray mm-hmm. so that you don't fall into temptation." Right. So connecting those dots is because we all fall. I mean, there's temptation mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah, all the time. And reading those verses, what was uh, Jesus agonizing over? 
What was he? Uh, what was he struggling with? Obedience. Going to the cross. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, you know, he was terrified of going to the cross, like you guys said. But I think if you read it, read into it even more, he was really terrified of the spiritual death that he was going to face. That separation from God. Yeah. You know, if you guys. Uh, looked at Winston's uh, chart last night. He had the uh, the legal and the moral righteousness. Jesus was perfectly moral, you know, righteous from start to finish. But from a legal standpoint, when he went to the cross, because of the imputation, he imputed righteousness to us. While in, in return, we imputed the uh, the sin nature to him. So, but what is sin? Separation from God. And so, the cross, you know, it's not a very pleasant experience, but I think even more, he was agonizing that separation from God because up until that point, you know, he was with one, oneness with God. And so that spiritual separation was a very challenging issue for him. And so temptation was there, you know. He had the option to, to you know, not follow the Father's will. And if you think about the temptation, it was pretty brutal to the point of sweating blood. And I think about the temptations in my life and the things that I go through, and it's minuscule compared to the temptation that Jesus went through. And, uh, you know, I take comfort in knowing that, you know, no temptation is overtaking you such as common to man. You know, and God is faithful. He's experienced these temptations. He knows what we're going through. And, um, you know, unless you're in the Word, unless you're praying fervently and uh, that you're focusing in on God and that you truly and ultimately um, God your will, not mine, you know, it's going to be tough to resist that temptation. You know? And reading those verses again, how did you resist that temptation? You know, how did he work, work work the issue out? Because kind of back, circle back on those verses. What well, was key in, in working through those issues? What well, was prayer? And when it, yes, and when he was in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like what Craig said earlier. You know, the more prayer that you have, you know, pray. The, there was a correlation between the prayer and the temptation. You know, the deeper he prayed, the, the stronger that he grew in uh, being able to withstand that temptation. So, uh, so you know, the summary here, um, by being in a consistent quiet time, we'll have that oneness with Christ to help us during those very difficult times of temptation. The next verse, uh, Hebrews 5, 11 and 14. Who has that? I do. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. The solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Yeah. What does it say in that verse? Well, it says that you ought to grow up over time mm-hmm. and basically to be able to handle the word to the point of being a teacher rather than needing somebody to teach you yeah. the basic things. You know, it talks about, um, you know, being caught up in the elementary principles of the oracles of God, still relying on that milk as opposed to spiritual food. And um, I hear Walt give the officer or the, uh, the illustration. It's adorable and acceptable when you see an infant drinking milk out of a bottle. You know, it's the sweetest sight that you'll ever see. It's a shame and a travesty when you see a 30-year-old man drinking milk out of a bottle. 
as its primary source of food. You know. So the the question is, do you want to be a thirty year old Christian, a guy that's been walking with the Lord for a number of years, still drinking milk out of a bottle? Or do you want to be the thirty year old Christian that eats solid food and deepens his understanding of the spiritual foundations of God? You know, we have the potential to be equipped to have the ability to discern between good and evil. But yet, you'll never get to that point. You'll never know the, the deepest foundations of the Word of God if you're still hung up on the elementary principles. And uh, how can you know the, the deepest foundations of God? You have to have a consistent quiet time. It starts with, you know, the only way that you're going to grow. You're not going to grow while thinking about Christ as you're managing, managing deals throughout the day. The only way, you got to get in the Word. You have to have focused quiet time. You have to have focused time in the Word with God and with prayer to, uh, to really deepen and stretch that understanding that you have in your walk. Uh, Romans 15.13. Who has that? I do. Okay. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. What, um, what's your general observation on that verse? What does the Apostle Paul say? Um, several things. One is the emotional stuff, joint peace, uh-huh. and uh, that's a result of uh, the time and the trust that's built in Him been built in Christ and then the confident hope uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit that comes out as a result of it yeah that's good his intentions for us is to be filled with joy and peace um, abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit um, how do you perfect an eternal hope you, uh, you have to deepen your understanding of God you have to be dependent on him um, you know, I can think of no other way apart from the Word of God how a man can be filled with hope and then be abounding in the Holy Spirit uh, without being in the Word, without deepening that understanding with God. An observation in my own life, um, you know, I've only been a Christian for a, sh- a short time period, four years, but I've been very fortunate to get involved in, uh, in different Bible studies, you know, the James study and, and the Roman study. And, uh, you know, as I get involved in those studies, you know, I'm learning more and more about the sovereignty of God, how he, He's in absolute control, and how deprived and how, um, how dependent I am on Him. And as you deal with, for myself, as I deal with tough circumstances in my life, um, I see myself drawing even closer to Him. And, uh, my hope, my eternal hope is being perfected through that dependence. You know, that I look at it in terms of, you know, this life that we live is really just a preparation process. You know, we're essentially pilgrims in this world. This is not our homeland. We're here just to, to go through and accomplish God's purpose. Um, but our hope is for eternity. And as I see, as I go through these these tough times in my life, my dependence on God is, is really strengthened. It's it's um, it's deepened through these uh, challenging times. But you know, I see myself praying the verse, "Come quickly, Lord Jesus," because you know the time that we have with Him in eternity is going to be far more than what we have here on Earth. And so, my question is, how do we perfect an, an eternal hope? Well. It's tough to truly understand and be dependent on God as you're going through tough times unless you're in the Word, unless you understand that God is in control and that He has your best interest at heart and that even though you're going through a difficult difficult time in life, it is in your best interest. And sometimes myself, I'll, you know, I'll get caught up in a, a challenging deal or you know, I'm in sales so you have a client that you're trying to close and they're not signing the documents or you have a deal that's just going bad and it's blowing up in front of your face and you have no control over it 
you know, my immediate response is just to, to um, you know, pull out all the stops and do whatever I can to save this deal, to maybe um, get outside my comfort zone and to, you know, to maybe break a few commandments here or there. That's the temptation. But if you understand the bigger picture that God is in control and that He has your best interest at heart, there's a reason why this deal is going bad. And you have to truly understand that you don't understand that, you get caught up in the things of this world. But if you understand that there's a bigger picture at hand, um, it helps you grow more dependent on God. And it's going to help carry you through those difficult situations. And as you go through that process, you're perfecting an eternal hope because you realize that you know God is preparing you. He's trying to stretch you and prepare you for an eternity in heaven. You know This is just a test that we go through, a trial. And as we go through those tests and trials, we're you know just sharpening the iron to get ready to go to heaven. So, any comments on that, guys? I can certainly appreciate that because that that's what I was talking about. You hit it right on the head. If I'm not in this, it's all about me. It's all about me, and I'm going to try and manipulate it and make it happen. And if I don't do it, it won't happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's because I didn't do it. And so I. I can certainly appreciate that. Yeah. So, in looking at these verses, I mean, these are just different motivations that I kind of picked out. And I'm sure there's a lot more in the book, but these are just a couple of verses that kind of uh, jumped out at me. To have a consistent, quiet time, to be in the Word, it's going to help you in these four areas. Making major decisions in life, going through temptations. Um, it's going to be critical to our growth. Are you eating spiritual food or spiritual milk? And it's going to help you in creating an eternal hope. It's going to help you be filled with the Holy Spirit, that closeness to God. But these are different motivations. Now, for me, when I get up in the morning, if I don't have that in perspective, but if I don't understand that, you know, I'm still eating spiritual milk and I'm not eating spiritual food, if I don't understand that, I'm not going to get out of bed in the morning and do this. So, for me, I'm going to try and apply this. Uh, in my life to stay motivated. You know, use these as, as benchmarks. So when I wake up in the morning, these things are on my mind. i got to get this done if I want to get to where I want to be. So, different motivations that you can draw from. A um, couple observations, you know, that I made about, you know, a good, quiet time. For some reason, I don't know why it is, but there is a strong correlation between my prayer life and my viewpoint on the circumstances of the day. You know, going back to what I said earlier, with you know, I'm the sales, you know, us sales guys, we have to, we have a quote every month that we have to hit, and uh, sometimes you'll find yourselves tied up in, in a big deal. You know, that big deal is going to get you the quota, and uh, you'll find yourself stressing out. You have anxiety over it, and your hope is quickly shifting from eternal, from an eternal hope to that deal. And if that deal breaks you, um, you know, it's going to throw you off course. And so, um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, who has that? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your minds, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. What's your observation on that verse, Karen? It's a verse I have to go to time and time and time again. Yeah. I'm a pretty anxious person, so I mean, it's one i got to roll through my head. Yeah. But I love the promise that he, that he attaches to that, is that he will guard your heart and your mind. Yeah. If you're committed to prayer. It is a verse of promise, you know. In everything, by prayer and supplication. And what happens? <coughs> Peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, is going to guard your hearts and your minds. And so, uh, you know, it's, if you're looking for a reason to have a quiet time in the morning, to, to live your day with everything by prayer and supplication, you know, there's a promise the peace of God is going to surpass all comprehension. And, uh, you know, I for some reason, I, I trace it back to my quiet time if, you know, if I'm having one of the worst days I could ever have, but I'm at peace, it's because I'm at have a, having a strong, quiet time that morning. If I'm having deal after deal blow up in my face and I'm, you know, 
throwing people out the window. <laughs> it's because I do not have a good quiet time or I'm out of the word or, or I'm out of focus. So it's amazing that correlation that you'll have, you know, you know, it doesn't matter what circumstances are being thrown at you. If you have that baseline minimum of a good quiet time, you know, it doesn't matter what's going to be thrown at you, you're going to be able to withstand it. The peace of God is going to surpass all comprehension and it's going to guard your hearts and your minds. Um, Romans uh, 12, 1-2. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. What is that verse saying here, Frank? Well, the, um, the best sacrifice we can give is uh, our life to Christ, mm-hmm. have him as Lord. And uh, it's true. That's true worship. And then uh, we're not to be conformed to the uh, the world, but as we uh, our mind is renewed, we'll know more and more what the perfect will of God is. Yeah. What would you say are some ways that we can uh, renew our minds? Just as overall group. Scripture memory. Scripture memory. <coughs> Yeah. yeah. Getting together with like minded guys. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's an excellent point. If we're engaged in Scripture, then we can prove or test what the will of God is. You know, if you think about that, that statement, if we're engaged in Scripture, we can prove what the will of God is. You know, that which is given, acceptable, and perfect. Um, if we're living this life and we're trying to be conformed into the image of God, we have to renew our mind. We have to be engaged in the quiet time. We've got to be engaged with like-minded men. That's going to sharpen. That's going to challenge us. Um, it's critical to grow and finishing and strong in life. You know, again, it goes back to do you want to, you know, be spiritual milk or do you want to be eating spiritual food? You know, I don't want to find myself. 30 years from now, still hung up on the same issues. You know, eating spiritual milk. I gotta be. It's in my best interest. I want to finish strong in life. I want to be motivated to renew my mind, to be conformed more and more every day into the image of Christ. Uh, who has the next one? Second Timothy 4, 6 and 8. Yeah. <clears throat> For I am already being poured out as a drink offering at the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, awards me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his parents. Okay, now uh, who is uh, the author of that verse? Um, well, it's Paul. Okay. And who is and he talking to? Ta- it's a letter to Timothy, in which he's. Um, I believe he's approaching the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's about he's on his way to execution, and he's remarking that he has um, overcome has um, despite many obstacles throughout his life, um, remained faithful and uh, mm-hmm. committed to the uh, to the uh, faith. Yeah, that's good. I mean, here we have the apostle Paul. He's at the tail end of his ministry. You know, he's been walking with Christ for 30, 35 years. And uh, he's sitting in a prison cell in Rome, getting ready to be executed. And essentially, it's suggested that this is his last book that he's writing. And his last words, his departing words to his young son in the faith, Timothy. And what is he talking about? Finishing strong and fighting the good fight. You know, for me, I just, I'm really focused on, you know, what does that look like? You know, can I see that in, in guys that I interact with? And I look at guys like Walt, Jerry, and Winston, guys who have been walking with the Lord for 30, 40, 50 plus years. It's very rare that you see someone 
at that age with such limited capacity due to old age finishing as strong as those guys are. Now, did they get there overnight? No. You know, that's taken years upon years of growing and expanding and being conformed more and more to the image of Christ. And so, you know, if we want to fight the good fight, if we want to finish strong in life, stay the course. Paul says, to be awarded the crown of righteousness. You know, we have to have a quiet time. We have to have that constant fellowship and that communion with Jesus. And so, it's critical Consistent prayer time, consistent prayer and time in the world is critical to growth. You know, my question to you guys is, do you want to finish, finish strong in life? How do we do that? You gotta get in a quiet time. Um, the next verse, uh, Matthew six thirty three to thirty four. I think I have that. See. Matthew six thirty three to thirty four. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, it's conditional. You know, if if we're looking to uh, do a quiet time, it's always in our best interest. There's a profit involved. There's a promise in this verse. God promises to uh, simply seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness. He'll take care of your needs. Everything else will be added to you. And so, let me ask you guys, you know, if you're looking to to seek God first, I mean, what does that look like in your lives? Well, practically speaking, it starts with taking the first minutes of every day. Yeah. Look for God first. Sure. Yeah. It's making his seeking his will above our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah, let me suggest to you guys that if we want to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, it starts off with a consistent quiet time in prayer and reading the word each morning. You know, that's gonna help you in uh, seeking God first in your life. You know, what does that look like for me? It's it's got to be, you know, getting out of bed, getting in the Word, starting my day off. You know, before before I started thinking about traffic, deal flow, sales, people, customers, seek first His kingdom, and He's going to add. He'll, everything else will be added to you. So I think that last verse thirty four two gives context to the frequency. Like, you know, you might think that well, if I go every other day, then I'm good. Right. But that verse 34 you know, says, do not worry about tomorrow. It's about today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. you know. You don't, don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. worry about tomorrow. Let's deal with, you know, mm-hmm. today. First thing this morning, we're only going to deal with today. And then, sure. you know, I have often wondered if God gets sick of me praying for the same thing sometimes each morning. Uh-huh. And that verse 34 gives me a little bit of comfort and no. Not, not, I mean, so deal one day at a time. Let's talk about one day at a time and don't right. worry about tomorrow. Yeah. And I think there's lots of uh, encouragement mm-hmm. in that verse. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, just take it one day at a time. Number one, be thankful that, you know, you got out of bed this morning, that you have the opportunity to live this day. And, uh, you know, let's just take it day by day. Lord, you know, your role today and not mine. You know, what do you want me to do? Where, how can I be closer to you? You know, what do you want me to be today? And, uh, you know, these verses that I just kind of came up with, they just, when I was doing the prep work here, they just kind of jumped out at me, and, you know, hopefully you guys can find this helpful. Um, So we kind of got an understanding of, you know, what is a quiet time? You know, why do we kind of fall short? You know, why should we be motivated? And uh, we see the benefits just in dealing with anxiety, the finishing strong in life, and uh, seeking Him first in our lives. So, you know, the question is, well, what are we going to do about it? And that's where the application comes in. And uh, I would just encourage you guys, you know, as you uh, as you kind of walk away from this retreat and you're looking about maybe making some changes in your life and hopefully trying to develop a quiet time, you know, there's no set method to do it. 
you know, I just came up with some suggestions here that have been helpful to me. Um, and this has kind of imparted to me from uh, some other good mentors in my life. But what I do is uh, when I uh, try and get involved, when I do my quiet time every morning, um, a good suggestion is to start out by just focusing on, on a chapter or two in, uh, in a New Testament book, maybe one of the Gospels. But what I'll do is I'll read that chapter, chapter or two, and then I have this timer that I use. <laughs> it's, um, you can buy this at Target or anywhere. But what I'll do is I'll set it to 15 minutes, and I'll click it, and then I'll just turn it away. And I'll just pray for 15 minutes. So I'm not looking at my watch. I'm not wondering, worrying about um, you know, getting off to work. I just, I got 15 minutes to you, Lord. You know, let's get started. And then I just go into it. And... Um, I found it pretty helpful because you'll find yourself um, you know, for me I have a I try not to have a set model but I do have a, a certain game plan that I follow but I'll find myself going through that game plan and then I'm like alright Lord well you know what's on what's on your heart you know what do you want me to focus on today you know how can I serve you what issues are important and um, you know I found it pretty helpful just you're not focused about time you're not focused about activities you just you know, start it and turn it away and just get, you know, 15 minutes. I don't know, it's kind of useful for what I found. Um, another tool that you guys can use to develop a quiet time. Uh, on the table over there, they have these, these books. It's called Seven Minutes with God. Um, if you guys want one, I'll get you one uh, for free. And um, it's just a, a good tool to kind of uh, start up a game plan. It was actually written by Bob Foster who uh, is involved with the retreats over on Lost Valley. But it just kind of gives you a good game plan to, to uh, start small uh, with seven minutes with God and uh, to really use that as a baseline. Uh, if you're looking for kind of a model, you know, of prayer, you know, one of the issues that I dealt with, you know, four years ago, I'm like, all right, well, I can pray, but that's only going to be about five minutes. <laughs> how, can I, uh, how can I get this kind of organized here so I can have some kind of game plan to follow? In, in this book, Seven Minutes with the God, it gives you a game plan with, um, with ACTS. Um, it's an acronym for uh, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And uh, what I've done is, you know, this is just some of the issues or some of the focal points that I'll have and what each involves. Adoration, all you're doing is simply just giving praise to God. You know, you're acknowledging His sovereignty. You know, Lord, you know, I exist for your purpose and your good pleasure. Um, you know, uh, please tell me to be, to, you know, where you are today. It's, it's your will, not mine. You're just acknowledging, you know, his presence in your life and how dependent you are on him. You're just giving him adoration. After that, I'll make a transition over to uh, confession. You know, um, kind of get right with God. You know, I'll, I'll plead for mercy and repentance. And uh, I just I want to have a clear heart. It's tough for me to to be in focus or to have a good prayer when they're when they're sitting by life. You know I don't want that to crowd out what God is trying to talk to me. So I'll ask just to cleanse my heart and help me to get right with you. And also more importantly, if there's sin in my life that I'm not aware of, bring it to my attention so I can correct it and draw closer to you. And uh, you know confession is. Is good at preparing your heart to to just receive what he has to say to you, and then I'll make the transition over to uh, Thanksgiving. Um, you know, thank and everything. Give thanks. You know, your Lord, thank you for the opportunities of this day, uh, for my health and everything. Uh, you know that you've given to me is enough reason to be content and happy with my provision in life. And um, you know, I may not have what the world considers of worth, but I know, going back to what Winston said last night, you know, we are declared a value just by being, you know, in the kingdom. And uh, that's enough reason for me to, to be content. So, and then the last uh, area is supplication. Um, you know, I, my own, if, if I had my choice, I'd, I'd pray for all, you know, for a laundry list of needs for myself. But I found that it's it's helpful if you shift the focus away from you and to, to other people. And so I find 
that I try and just look for supplication for for others. Um, first and foremost, the lost people that um, that don't know the Lord, that maybe um, maybe on your top ten list, the people that you want to see uh, come to Christ, people that you're praying for. Uh, you know, shift your focus towards them, uh, and then you know, pray for the, the saints, pray for, pray for the workers in Christ, pray for those that are uh, that you know are doing Bible studies that are involved in discipleship. Uh, pray that you would help them to, to be diligent and, and motivated and, and driven, that they can fight the good fight. And then after that, I'll you know I'll maybe direct the prayer towards family and friends, and then lastly, I'll I'll. Uh, say a prayer for a couple of my needs that are important to me. But I, when I do that, though, I want to make sure that it's only in agreement with, with His perfect will. You know, I always try try and get the caveat that, you know, Lord, if it's not what you have in store for me, Lord, please don't give me. It's not in my best interest, you know. I don't want to be in your permissive will. I want to be in your perfect will. And, um, you know, that may hurt sometimes, but, you know, again... God, your will today, not mine. So those are just kind of some suggestions that I've used to kind of map out a game plan. So you know, so you can use that 15 minutes of prayer to to get started. Um, another area too, on the table over there, they have um, there's a good devotional book. It's called Diary of a Desperate Man uh, that Walt, the speaker this morning, wrote, and that's pretty good. I think it's you know a year, 365 pages. Uh, that just has a, a good small devotional for the day. Um, if you get tired of, or if you get stuck in a rut where you're just reading, you're you're not getting anything out of it, and you're going into prayer, maybe try and switch it up as a way to you know to keep it alive and, and you know re-energized. Um, but don't let that be your pure focus. You know, don't let that distract you from from your prayer life as well. So uh, those are just a couple tools that you can use. Um, <clears throat> another thing that I've found pretty helpful that, gosh, it's, it's, been, it's changed my life dramatically. Uh, there's a website um, where they record all of these speaker sessions. It's called pikespeakcbmc.org uh, and you can actually download the uh, speaker sessions. And what I've been doing is um, I'll download it and I'll put it onto my iPod and then there's, you can buy at like Best Buy or any electronic store, there's an, an FM transmitter where you plug it into your cigarette lighter and you can actually listen to your iPod on your way to work. And, or you can also burn them on, on the CDs and play the CDs. But what I've been doing is I've had, you know, four or five years worth of retreats all on my iPod. And so every day to work, you know, I have about a 25-minute commute. So I could crank out a session on the way to work and on the way back. And traffic may be terrible, but that's the least of my concerns because I'm so in the Word. And I guarantee you guys, you do that for a month straight, your lives will change. I guarantee you. It's amazing how just being in the Word when you're just beaten and you're demoralized from a tough day at work, hearing you know Scripture, hearing discussion on biblical topics, gets you right back into focus. It's amazing how that does that. So I would just encourage you, um, that website is pikespeakcbmc.org. And uh, there's instructions on there. Everything's free. There's no charge to it. You just They have all these sessions taped and recorded so you can download it and you just make a commitment to do that. If you have a 25-30 minute commute or while you're working out or you know maybe uh, while you're doing work around the house, you know, listening to the iPod, it's amazing how how that's going to impact your lives. It's just, you know, that's just uh, something that's been on my heart, too. So, uh, another area, too, is what I did when I drafted up this um, this worksheet here. On the second page, I uh, I copied down all the verses uh, that are on a uh, topical memory system. Um, if you go to any Christian bookstore, they have this. It's offered by the Navigators. They have like little cards that you can cut out, but one of the big challenges that was given to me, you know, when I first uh, became a Christian is to do scripture memory. And I'm like, you know what, I don't want to do scripture memory. I mean, 
I got enough things to worry about. Why do I need to memorize scripture? Why not just read it and let that be sufficient? But Winston gives the um, the illustration that, or the observation that, you know, he's been walking with the Lord for you know thirty thirty plus years, and the biggest challenge that he faces is the flesh. The flesh has not changed one iota from the point that he became a Christian to where he's at now. What has changed is how he controls his mind and how he is very selective on what he allows into his, his mind and his thought process. And that's where the benefit of scripture memory comes in line. If you're memorizing, if, you, if you're um, programming it into your brain, you're going to find yourself driving to work or in the office meditating on those verses. And it's amazing when you're unconsciously meditating on those verses. And, you know, you look at the illustration of Jesus when he was, you know, in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights fasting. No food, no water, just deprived. You know, he is very, very weak. You know, just like most of us can be weak when we're going through tough times. But by having that scripture memory in his mind, he was able to have everything in focus. And it was unconscious too. And it's amazing how that does that by, by doing scripture memory. It's strengthening, strengthening your mind so that you can avoid temptation, that you can filter out all the garbage that's out there in the world by having truth and pureness programmed in your mind. And so, what, these verses, and so, the challenges that I came across, alright, okay, that, that makes sense, scripture memory, but you know, how do I get started work? Do I just take a verse out of the Bible? Yeah, I mean, that's good if you want to do it that way, but uh, this topical memory system has it broken down in just different areas um, as, a, as a subject focal point. Um, and so when you're memorizing these verses, it can kind of help you connect the dots with, you know, how you're living your life, whether it's fellowship, witnessing, or um, understanding the significance of Christ, you know, with sins penalty and salvation and assurance of salvation and relying on God's resources. So if you're looking to get started with scripture memory, um, this is a good outline of verses that you can begin with. You know, It's not required to do a quiet time, but it's certainly a way that you can enhance it. Going back to what I said earlier, if you're looking to subconsciously have that uh, scripture, that truth, imprinted on your mind, it's going to help you tremendously. Because you're going to find yourself during the day meditating on verses, and a verse that you've read you know, 10, 20, 30 times, you'll read it again, and it's like, it takes on a whole new meaning. It's amazing how that happens. So I would just encourage you, you know, I was there at one point where I just, I don't want to spend my time doing scripture memory, but I truly understand the value if you do it, just because it's going to help you during those, those tough times when you're weak and you're, you're thirsty and you're dehydrated and you're being tempted. And having that subconsciously on your mind, it's just, it's renewing our mind. You know, it's, it's help programming truth and, and, and pureness and, uh, and scripture into your mind. So, any, any questions on that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Alright, well that's, that's pretty much all I have um, you know, on this study. Um, so I guess in closing, you know, we've kind of outlined, I mean, we all know what we need to do. And so I would just encourage you to just kind of take stock, see uh, where you're at in your life. And, uh, you know, we see the motivation, we see the examples, you know, both, both in the scripture. We see it, you know, in the field with these guys that are speaking before us. You know, guys that we probably know in our lives that have been walking for 30 plus years. Um, if we want to get to that point, if we want to finish strong in life, I would encourage you just to make a commitment um, to have a set period of time to get involved in a quiet time, you know, by yourself. You know, whether it's early in the morning or right before you get in your car to go. Um, but just make a commitment and stay disciplined with it. You know, if you skip a day, that's fine, but the important thing is to get back into the habit of it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you grow. You know, it's going to help you... Uh, strengthen in your walk and uh, it's going to stretch you and really uh, just renew you into uh, into um, into the image of Christ it's going to help you conform so 
Privacy for what it's worth too. If you have accountability with flat time, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yeah, like if, even if they like didn't even have to have like a formal rent accountability group. But if you just commit to somebody else and you say, "Listen, I want ask me rent every Friday or every Monday mm -hmm. or whatever how my quiet time is." Yeah, but that certainly is a it's like guardrails or discipline that that can lead to. I don't know about you. If you're really disciplined, then. Mm -hmm. Right on. But yeah. for me, I'm not disciplined enough. Right. And in the absence of having somebody who I know is going to ask me right. how it's going, mm -hmm. I probably just got to not do it very often. Right. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. It's gonna, that's just another voice in my head when I get up and when I'm laying in bed and that alarm goes off. If I know I'm going to have to tell someone whether or not I need my quiet time this week and looking straight in the eyes, you know, that's, uh, that's going to get me out of bed. I've done <laughs> an awful lot of stuff in my life. And I used to be embarrassed about it. I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. The night before I knew my accountability group was calling me, yeah. and I had to report on some things. Right. I did an awful lot of stuff the night before <laughs> just to make sure that I could say the next day when they asked me, right. oh, yeah, I did that. No, <laughs> I just did it, but that's not, you're not going to ask me that. <laughs> well, I, don't, well, I used to be like, oh, maybe I should have. That's what we win. Just, I did. Yeah, I thought yeah, about it. Like, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, you know, I don't care mm -hmm. how I get there. If it's, I'm going to get there last minute. Mm -hmm. I'm still getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like you, Craig. I mean, accountability has done such wonders in my life that I can't believe I went and was so afraid to do it for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just brought me along so much farther than I ever have been. Yeah. That's good. Well, let me uh, let me close this out in prayer here. Heavenly Father, I thank you for just the opportunity to come together as like-minded men that we can just come together and just discuss these issues that we can help sharpen each other to be, uh, to be stronger in our walk with you, Lord. Father, I just pray that you would help us to, to make changes in our lives. You know, if we're struggling in different areas, help us just to correct it, to get right with you and to make changes. We see the examples of, of the godly people that you've commissioned to accomplish great and wonderful things. And Lord, we want to be those people. We want to uh, prepare ourselves for an eternal hope, Lord. Uh, you're the best deal in town and we don't want to go anywhere else, Lord. You know, apart from you, we can do nothing. So we are completely dependent on you, and we, we pray that we can just draw strength, that we can uh, bring this into our lives, so that we can, uh, you know, help impart this to other people as well, Lord. That we can get into accountability, that we can get into a quiet time, that we can focus on these areas to help help grow in our walk with you, uh, Lord. We pray for. Uh, guide us in direction as we get ready to go back into the marketplace, Lord, that we can be uh, men of the word, that we can be uh, your workers in the harvest, because we know that there are very few out there, Lord, who are willing to play all the poker chips in your corner, and that can be men of the word who are diligent and faithful to action. Uh, Lord, I thank you uh, for your son, Jesus, and I pray that you would just come quickly, Lord Jesus. We look forward to your blessed hope and just spending an eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.